welcome to the Blue Flag Podcast, the podcast that moves aside for all the rest. I'm your co-host, Breno. And I'm your co-host, Sarah. We're arguing about steward calls, celebrating memes, and paying attention to what's happening besides the Mercedes Red Bull battle. So it's lights out, and we're starting from the pit lane. Yeah, we're going to get into it. We got ourselves a, a nice little summer break here in the 2021 F1 season. And uh, we decided to begin our first podcast on a mid-season review. Something nice and and short <laughs> for our first podcast. I was very impressed with this 2021 season so far. And we've been talking about this every single race. 2020 was a pretty good season, but we're still seeing some pretty fun and interesting things. Besides, you know, COVID kind of interfering with the races as far as where they're at. So, oh, you know what? Yes, we can uh we can begin there. We've had a lot of cancellations this year. Mm-hmm. We had the Australian Grand Prix postponed. Uh, question mark. We don't know. I don't have much hope. <laughs> the Canadian Grand Prix was all out was straight up canceled. Yep. Uh China was replaced by Turkey, I guess. It's uh, no longer on the calendar. And then uh as of recording today, uh, you know, August 22nd, we just had a cancellation in Japan. We just had an Olympics, so I, I, I don't understand that one. Here we are. And then, uh, you know, you have the USA. I guess they're going to go along with it, but, uh, you know, with the numbers that we're seeing, we don't know. Brazil's another place that's having a yeah. massive outbreak. We don't know what the future – so, you know – we have no idea how long this uh, championship is going to be, how many races we're going to be able to get in. Yeah. And um, normally, you know, since we went to this hybrid area, uh, that wouldn't have mattered as much. <laughs> because if you do follow F1, A, what are you doing listening to this podcast? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, if you do follow F1, you know that, you know, Mercedes is a, on a bit of a tear, and the seasons are are, are usually done a little early. Yes, uh, but like if not two races in, <laughs> that's true. So we 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 come out of the preseason, and uh, we go into Bahrain, and we see the classic Hamilton undercut, and we also saw a lot of things that would foreshadow what's happening later in the season. Uh, one. Baltas on the radio asking for an alternate strategy and being denied. Where have we seen that before? <laughs> Every- and two, <laughs> having a, 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 a bad pit stop, well, uh, relative to his pit stops he's had, not yeah, as bad. Yeah, that's pretty decent, actually. It was kind of Mercedes <laughs> to do that. And one thing, too, with Bahrain that we also saw in the – preseason was I think all of us were kind of really excited about Yuki Sonoda I mean he was he's a new driver and it kind of feels like even though we have Leclerc and Norris he was a fresh face that was kind of coming out of nowhere I really didn't know much about him um and coming in with Gasly I think is a is a good call too you know it's it's a good team to start with and he had a really great start in Bahrain too, as well as in preseason. He was he was doing really well in the car. Yeah, well, since then, not so much. 
Not so much. I also so never, much, I never heard, I don't know the last, the first race where I actually heard his on the radio and I realized <laughs> the personality. <laughs> the well, yes. Young Kimmy. <laughs> yes, we enjoy Yuki's personality. Uh, he hasn't had uh, the greatest season, but there have been a lot of new faces and, uh, well, not so new faces and new teams. Those have not worked out uh great so far i don't want to get ahead to to where we're going in the future in this talk but as a precursor going to new teams hasn't worked out for a lot of people no no and it's you know it's a discussion and thought for the future of you know how much reshuffling will teams really do you know how many times can you move around a vettel um before it's time to look into the f2 market and, and see what they have to offer but I can't really say much because, once again, I don't want Kimmy to leave Formula One just yet. So <laughs> We're just dearly holding on for the last dregs just, of Kimmy's career. I just need him to get through Miami next year so that I can see him, and then he can do whatever he wants. <laughs> That's all I ask. You just want to get pushed over by by Kimmy as he gets to his, yes, yes. To his call. I, yes, I want to just... be personally scorned by Kimmy. <laughs> It's on the bucket list. Oh, okay. We're going to leave that one there. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Well, um, we had Imola next. Rain. Yeah, rain. All of 2020, all we kept asking for was rain. Sky was always telling us they're going to wait for the pit for rain, and we finally get it. Although... It didn't play as much of a. It wasn't as much of a wild card yeah. as we thought it was going to be in Imola. But it, you know, hey, foreshadowing. Rain did come into play later on this season. It did play a wild <laughs> card later on, and it did play a part in you know what I think has become one of the more talked about crashes in the season, which is Botas and Russell. Maybe the second most talked That's about true, true, crash. That's true, 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 true. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Maybe the most talked <laughs> about crash for me. Yes, uh, we had, um, for some reason, we had a Mercedes and a Williams <laughs> battling. <laughs> I never, you know, that was, yeah. that's strange. That's not something you see normally. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> so, uh, Russell in the Williams decides that Botas is holding him up. It's time to pass him. And... Uh, he kind of goes a little bit off course and gets in the in in the grass and hits into Botas. It's a very 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 uh, hard hit. They're going very fast at the time, yeah. and um, Russell had some words. Yep, and had, some actions. he had some words <laughs> and some actions. Now, all the credit in the world for Botas, you know. He is out of breath. He's just got the wood knocked out of him. Doesn't know where he is, but he has the presence of mind Mm -hmm. to let Russell know who's number one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he's a little out of it, so he can't remember which finger to use for it. (laughs) (laughs) The best part of the whole thing was the apology we got from Sky afterwards. I mean, they had to really let us, you know, know that that was not... I didn't even notice what happened until Sky pointed it out. <laughs> the funny thing is, when I saw him spinning out of the car, I thought, oh, he's going to make sure Botas is okay. Oh, absolutely. You called it right away, 
You said, no, that's not what's going to happen here. No one stomps over like he was doing just to make sure that his fellow driver was okay. But it was, um, I mean, this is what started, I think, the whole discussion. We There was always discussion last year about Russell going to Mercedes. And we saw him in a Mercedes last year. He did very well. And he was truly torn of what could have potentially been, you know, at least second place, if not higher. Uh, you know, I would make an argument. He could have won that race twice. Truly. Before the messed up pit stop. Uh, this is, we're, we're talking uh, 2020. Right. Here. Uh, before the messed up pit stop and uh, and then the puncture, I, I thought he could have won that race right. still after that mess up. Right. So um, he he has proven himself to be, you know, a good driver in a Mercedes. He's proven himself to be a good driver against Botas in a Mercedes. And so... Here you have the two, Russell back and Williams, and I, I suppose there is some tension there. Maybe. And again, we're, I don't want to go ahead of ourselves, but you know this is still a discussion that we're having now because we are waiting for news as far as which one of these two people is going to end up in the Mercedes next year. We were supposed to know. They were going to tell us the break, and here we are. Last weekend, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I think we have differing opinions as far as what the news is going to be, but you know, it, it is interesting that, you know, second race into the season and we're already starting to get a little bit of um, the drama drive to survive must have loved this, even though I'm sure they were covering, you know, I don't know, <laughs> Aston Martin during this, uh, during this race. But when that when that news does come down, it will be a blue flag exclusive. Oh well, <laughs> you'll get it five days after. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, and then we had uh, Lewis spin off, um, you know, and then and then charge back to to get second place, mm-hmm. and then uh, Perez had a really rough race. He did. Now, we're talking about new people and new teams. Perez struggled. Um, he spun out a few times. I guess, you know, it might not be a good thing to, to race a car that supposedly a difficult car to race, um, according to Albon and Gasly from previous seasons, right. to, to have a, a, a race in the rain, you know, <laughs> to kind of break you in. Yeah. So that was a rough race for him. So we had uh, was Max winning that race. And uh, and then we go off to Portugal and Spain with a couple of uh, Mercedes wins. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was pretty much back to back for Portugal and Spain. It was Lewis, Max, and Valtteri for both of those races, I believe, was the podium. Amber Bow. Amber Bow. Amber Bow. The old usual. <laughs> the old Amber Bow make it make it its way back, right. and we thought we were stuck yeah. in twenty twenty. Settle again. in, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we're going back in lockdown yes. and we got Han Verbo for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well, you know, there was a, a, an interesting bit in Spain where when Lewis uh, had that extra pit stop, made his charge back and uh, Botas didn't allow Lewis to, to get by him without a little racing, which we thought was interesting. Lewis said it was fair after the race. So, I wonder if that's going to change later on in the season. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to change. I mean, last season in 2020, you know, we all joked about Botas 
was it 3.0 at that point? <laughs> yes, it was 3.0. The porridge. Yeah. We had we had the beard and then the mustache. 3.0 was coming in. 3.0 was a pretty rough. Yeah. 2.0 was good. Yeah. <laughs> 3.0 not as much. No. I didn't like 3.0. No. And then this Botas, we're just you know he's just showing up. He's here. He's here. He he's here. Yep. That's what we can say. Yep. He's here. No, he's he's had some some decent, but. He's also had some bad luck. Botas has had some bad luck this season. Very bad luck. And you you <laughs> wonder how many points he might have been able to scrape by with without some pit stops and some DNFs. But that's neither here nor there, I suppose, at the end of the day, right? <laughs> yes. Well, you, it's funny you should mention pit stops because we have Monaco. And Monaco... Iconic race. You have the tunnel. You have that hairpin. Looks, guys, this is Blue Flags Podcast. You're not going to get the names of every corner right over here. I didn't even know the names had, the corners had names. <laughs> you know, it's, it's embarrassing, guys. And to be honest, Monaco, as Breno knows, is not my favorite racetrack. It is absolutely beautiful. It is very cool to watch from the driver's perspective. I can watch that all day long. But if you want to watch racing, don't watch Monaco. (laughs) Because it is a train. (laughs) You watch qualifying and whoever qualifies, that's how they end minus something wild happening in a pit stop. Which is what happened. (laughs) Monaco, well, yeah, I mean, especially this year's Monaco, there was the first race where there was no passing. Nope. There was absolutely zero passes in that race on track. Right. On track. Because our our boy Lewis, when he pitted, lost, somehow lost two spots after pitting. And we heard about it. <laughs> yeah, oh, we definitely heard about it. Um, and, uh, well, let's, let's begin because Ferrari preseason. We were making fun of Ferrari preseason. Come on. They I mean we're still making fun of Ferrari. Let's not <laughs> That's Sarah saying that. It's not <laughs> Yeah, don't come at me, but you can come at me. This is all For Ferrari gets eighth... in Ferrari's way. <laughs> <laughs> They're in eighth place mm-hmm. in the preseason. Eighth place. Yes. Here we are, halfway through the seasons. They're fighting for third. Right. In the drivers champ uh no, sorry, constructors championship. And Monaco was a sta- could have been a standout race for them because you had Leclerc getting pole. Well, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he did technically get pole. <laughs> I mean, yes, he got pole. Uh, now, you know, Verstappen was, you know, going purple before him in qualifying and Leclerc crashed, which ended the session. We're going to see that again. Somehow we're going to see that again. <laughs> Which it's very rare to crash and end the session, especially if you're the one who's on pole. <laughs> very strange. Although Baku is a little different. But anyways, yeah. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. He gets pole. Um, they try to get the car back without losing position. Mm-hmm. And the gearbox, something was affected. Right. And, More than what they thought. Was, yeah. It was not a DNF. It was a DNS. He didn't even start. Right. And then we had the race, and Max pretty much took over the entire race. Mm-hmm. Botas, 
who was uh, in second place, yes, I believe, he when he pitted. He was getting ready for, I think, a podium finish at the very least. Uh, had an issue. The not with, heard with the pits. around the world. <laughs> now, I want to stop here for a second because this, I know there's a lot of memes on the internet about Botas being the number two driver and not getting enough respect. But this incident felt like it just justified every single meme out there Mm -hmm. about Botas. Because not only did you have that happen, I have never... That that wheel was on that car for a week or two. So he pulls... Let's let's recap to all of... All those who who need a recap, he comes into the pits, he hits his marks, it's clear he hit his marks, the car is dead on, and they go to use the gun on the tire and strip the nut, and there is nothing they can do. Right. And that's his race. Yep. I have never seen that before. No. Now, were you surprised, sir? I mean, you knew I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) What was even more surprising was his reaction afterwards when he was uh he had a bit of a t- tantrum but then he had he was talked at by Toto. Mm-hmm. Which Toto what was that? is quoted as saying that you know they have the best pit stop crew out of everyone and they are completely experienced and uh the reason why that they could not get that nut off that tire is because Botas did not hit his mark. And that is just... And we have seen, which I never really paid attention to, but since then I've paid attention to it. There are several drivers that have had pit stops that have not hit their mark. And... Um, one by the name of Ricardo actually apologized. Mm-hmm. He had a... but. He had a longer pit stop. It was like an extra second or two. And he came on the radio afterwards and said, hey, sorry, guys, I missed my mark. I forget which race it was. It might have been Baku. I don't remember now. It was fairly recent. Um, And I believe Vettel also had an issue uh, that I might be wrong because I have not fact-checked that. But it, it does happen. It's probably fairly rare. But at the same time, for it to happen and then to have it happen so that they cannot finish a race, I just... I can't really put all the put on all the blame on the driver. It's something that only Mercedes would do, and Red Bull. Never mind. Red Bull would also do it because I believe they have blamed Paris for things as well. <laughs> oh, Red Bull, Red Bull. We're gonna have to go back to the Weber days for that. Yeah. Well, let's not. Let's not go back. This is mid-season preview for 2021. There was also two more things I want to talk about here. They're very near and dear to my heart. Number one. <laughs> The McLaren livery. Oh, my God. Can we just have that for the rest of the season? I really like it's it. Just, just amazing. I, uh, and it's really little... nice that they have this livery and they managed to be on the podium. Because especially after two hamper bows that we had to experience and Monaco being Monaco, we still ended mm-hmm. with probably one of my favorite podiums, which is... Max, Sainz, and Sainz, and Norris. Oh, Sainz and Norris. Back together, Back together again. again. The bros. The McLaren bros. Yeah, our favorite bromance. Uh, oh, yes, yes, yes. That was great. That was also great for Ferrari after having the heartbreaking yeah. um, incident with Leclerc, the DNS in his home in his yes. home race. It's uh, very, very disappointing to have Sainz at least come in second. 
And Sainz, who has not been qualifying very well, who's really had to struggle, not necessarily struggle, but his poor qualifyings have meant that he's had to really race up the pack in order to get points for the team, um, which he yeah, managed especially to up do. until up until that point, he hadn't had a really good um, qualifying yet. Mm-hmm. Didn't he? Uh, which when did he out qualify Leclerc? He did not out qualify Leclerc until uh, it looks like France. Oh, and France was a – all right. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but France was an especially bad race for Ferrari. Yes, it was. Oof. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, we had that. And then I, – I don't think I've recovered from this, but we had – we had Norris slapping Ricardo. Uh. Can we, all right. Let's, let's do a pause here on the racing to talk about new drivers – on new teams, uh, not not necessarily new drivers, but drivers that were on other teams switching over and how they're doing. Mm-hmm. Let's stop at Monaco because Ricardo getting lapped by Norris. I granted, it's Monaco, it's right? Monaco. It's there's nothing you can do. You can't pass, and right. uh, he, you know there's a he had a Ricardo had a bad qualifying, and that's where he stayed. That's a trend. <laughs> true, true. But you know what? He he does make up. Some of the places he's not doing that great in qualifying, but for the most part, he is improving his his final his finish points during the races, and that's something because again, when you're struggling in a car, to be able to struggle in that car and still be able to race other cars, you have to give Ricardo a little bit of credit for that because he really is struggling in that car, and. That's something. That has been noted. Yeah. So we have Ricardo coming from uh, Renault, which is now Alpine, uh, and racing with McLaren. And uh, we also had Sainz, mm-hmm. who was in McLaren, went to Ferrari. Mm-hmm. Now, Sainz, I feel like he's having a better season than he is. Now, um, he has not. He's only out-qualified Leclerc a handful of times that I can see. Yeah. So maybe like two or three times. Right. But he, his strength is in making up those places and in his racing. And and Leclerc has had two DNFs, which has really hurt him for the points. Um, yeah, Leclerc's also yeah he's had some some issues on Sundays. You know not. Well, Monaco kind of was his fault, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hungary was not yeah. was was uh, decidedly not his. Fault. No, clearly no. Uh, we also had the comeback of Alonso, correct, to his uh, Renault. Well, Alpine now, and um, well, let, let's go back to science. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. Let's go back to science. Science has had a, a, a compared to Ricardo. Science looks like he actually hit the ground running, although he could be doing better on Saturdays. His Sunday performance has been great. Yes. And, and you would say, if we're looking at, because this is the battle here, you got McLaren versus Ferrari. Correct. Those two are battling for third place. Mm-hmm. In, in the, yeah, Constructors' Championship. And you would think that if Danny had, in McLaren, had done a little better, it wouldn't be so much of a battle, right? 
I mean, you're not wrong. Uh, so as of <laughs> right now, uh, the points are uh, Charles has 80 points and Carlos has 83 points. And Lando has, I mean, my math is a little bit off. I think it's actually 113 points. Um, and Danny has 50 points. So yeah, that's a, that's a huge gulf there. Right. So Lando is really leading the team in this battle. And, and obviously if Danny had had DNFs or was, less than 10 and was losing points, this would definitely be an issue. But in this second half of the season, he needs to show improvement because if it continues like this, then I think Ferrari has, you know, the third place kind of in the back. Which is just astounding. Uh, they, they looked so bad early on and they've been helped by Leclerc's qualifying. Yes. He seems to out-qualify where that car should be. Yes. And then um, science on race day, they've been doing these uh, long stints mm-hmm. on hard tires, and he seems to get the knack of that. Right. I don't know, but he seems to have figured something out there. He just needs to put it together on Saturday, get a full weekend. Right. And then, um, I mean, he did get a second in Monaco. That's that's pretty remarkable. Right. And he in Monaco he qualified he qualified fourth and I believe he was thinking that he could qualify higher um, before his teammate before the crash. Crashed into yeah. But uh, he just missed it, you know. Yeah, he was. I think he, he was just right missed his him. apex by a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's a well. Theme. He'll return the favor in Baku, won't he? <laughs> sure will. <laughs> So I think, I mean, besides Monaco being the race that I typically don't look forward to, besides qualifying, I, I really enjoy. It was a nice, I think, kind of turn for the rest of the season where you were seeing a little bit of shakeup in, in the, in the teams and the podiums. Um, and I think this is where maybe you and I started talking about kind of Lewis's, not mental state, but kind of how he was feeling about his chances of the championship. It's kind of always locked in for him. And now he's starting to see Max as a real threat. And the last time he has seen anything like that with these sort of kind of back and forth with drivers and their quotes and everything was, was Rosberg. And that, that really affected him on track. And so I, this is when you start seeing Lewis, I think, make some mistakes that um, Lewis doesn't normally make. It's are, are you making a reference to break magic already? <laughs> are we talking about break magic already? Listen, if I can get that on a shirt. <laughs> you know, let's hold it here for just a second, because I think if we go to the next race, it's all downhill and we're it, done. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> let's just hold it here for one second. Let's talk about, well, Alonzo's comeback. Right. Which Where, we really haven't paid much attention to. Right, because when he came back, uh, for me, I was, you know, I was a, an Alonzo fan, you know. Yes. I, I bought into it when he was winning his titles and when he when he beat the almighty Schumacher. Mm-hmm. So when he came back, it was kind of disappointing. It was like, oh. Yeah, I mean, it's, so his this is, first race was a DNF. So this is what it's going to be, you know. <laughs> the Alpine didn't look as competitive as it did. No. 
the year before with Ricardo getting podiums. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't to be out qualified by Ocon, who was a good driver, but really uh, inexperienced mm -hmm. to have a, a you know that going on. And then we saw a resurgence after Monaco. Baku, you just you just started to see Alonso improving, and it was nice to see to see a happy Alonso. And then, you know, you had your, uh, what happened in Hungary, which we'll get to. We will, because I, I wasn't exactly supportive of bringing back a seasoned driver when there are so many young drivers to bring back up. I've never been a full Alonzo fan. And then when it happened. How dare you? I know. How I know. dare you? Don't come at me. <laughs> I think that's going to be a good theme with me. Um, but after Hungary, not just because of what happens on track, but because of everything that happened off track, I think, with Alonso, I've really come to respect him. And I think he's definitely added something, not only for himself, but I think he's kind of inspired a lot of the other drivers and given them all a little bit of hope. I don't um, have to see if I can go back and find this quote. It might be from from Max or one of the drivers that said, you know, what's, what drivers like Alonzo can do. It was uh, Jensen Button, who is a retired driver, is quoted oh. as saying, you know, what what Hamilton and Alonzo can do with not the best cars is something that Button himself really struggled with. Unless he was in the best car, he really couldn't drive at his best performance. And, you know, there are drivers like Alonzo that can take the most out of any car. And that's something that I think young drivers really need to see that. You yeah, know, just, I agree. So we're drinking the Alonzo Kool-Aid. Oh, we sure Down are. And it tastes delicious. <laughs> Okay. All right, but we're not right. there yet. Um, we had Vettel, Sebastian Vettel, coming in with Aston Martin, which was kind of the same thing almost. Yeah. With, you know. I think Vettel had more to come back from, even though Alonso has, is coming back from quote-unquote retirement and hadn't been in an F1 car um, in a while. Vettel is coming from kind of trying to get back into a better mental state because the last season with Ferrari was so fraught with tension and even his move to Aston Martin was tense and kind of him kicking out, which we'll talk about Perez, not that he did it himself or intentionally, but there was just a lot of tension involved. And so for him to have to get back into a space of, you know, feeling confident in himself and then also having to get used to another car. That's a lot to ask of any driver, let alone Sebastian Vettel. But he still has done well. He's he, We're seeing improvement, which I think is the most important thing out of these drivers that are trying to, uh, I mean, I guess he had two DNFs and a disqualification in his last three races. So I take that back. Um, he's doing better. <laughs> Uh, but he's, I think he's improving from the beginning of the year. I mean, beginning of the year, he was still spinning and hitting people. So <laughs> he stopped doing that and he, he gained a podium. Um, technically he gained two, but, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the next race. He, he, you know, he was on the podium and he was on the podium in Hungary, which we'll talk about. So 
Vettel, I think, has earned, you know, saying that he is definitely improving since his Ferrari days. Yeah, it's it's weird to say that, but it kind of makes sense, you know. The going from Ferrari to Aston Martin to to get better mentally doesn't seem yeah, you right, but. <laughs> But uh, it seems to make sense in, in a way. I like it. I like it. I'm going with it. <laughs> okay. Um, so we had that. And then uh, more importantly, uh, we had Perez going to Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And that's important because of championship. Right. Red Bull was seen as the only team that could, you know, and, and has shown to be the only team that can uh, fight with the Mercedes. And Perez being on that team is uh, it's important. So. His performance in the Red Bull has been, you know, it's hard to say. It is. <laughs> well, who are you going to compare him to? Like Albon? <laughs> Gasly? <laughs> That's a good point. He has outperformed the number two drivers of late. Yes. Of course, we haven't had a good number two driver since Ricardo on that team. And and I wouldn't say that Albon and Gasly weren't good number two drivers. I think yeah, there's, I guess. there's something about that team that is very difficult for number two drivers to make any sort of headway in their performance. I don't know what it is. I can make some conjectures, but uh, let's just say <laughs> that being a number two driver there is very difficult. And I think yeah. to see Perez make a hundred and four points, give or take, because I can't do math. Um, <laughs> that that he's Perez, yeah, he's got a hundred and four. Okay, there we go. Uh, so far, I, I you have to give it to him. Uh, he, he's not making podiums every time, but I mean, there's not so much you can expect out of a number two from Red Bull. It's the same thing as Valtteri. What he's in a good car, and Valtteri is comfortable with that car, but. When you're uncomfortable with the team, I think it does affect the driving. And I don't think Paris is uncomfortable with the team, but I think that's more Botas's issue than it is Perez. But I mean, I I think this is this is kind of death sentence for drivers. But I think he's doing pretty good as a number two driver right now for Red Bull. It's serviceable, I think. Uh, which is it's it's kind of a slight, but uh, I shouldn't say it like yeah. that because. It's just the expectations are so high at Red Bull and Mercedes because you're fighting for a championship. And I think their performance is kind of clouded because you got somebody in third place that really, by all rights, shouldn't be there. Right. I mean, here Uh, we are talking about Botas and and Perez in the, the teams that are fighting for the Constructors' Championship and who have number one drivers that are fighting for the driver's championship. But these drivers are not fighting for really third place right now. Lando Norris is the third place driver at the moment, and that is wild. That is wild, but it shadows it, – it, it kind of puts a damper on how you feel about Perez and right. his performance – for this season when you have Norris out there, but it, it is a lot to ask uh, first time on the team mm-hmm. to, to be able to come in, be right there with Max, who's, who's only ever been on Red Bull. So I don't know. I don't know how to judge his performance uh, so far. I, I think it's like you said, he's, he's doing good. He's got a lot against him. Yeah. He's got 
the Red Bull team against yep, them. Yep, he's got Helmut Marco against him. <laughs> oh, Helmut Marco. Don't let's gloss love. over that one. Uh, let's just leave that hey, there. Yes. Move on. <laughs> Okay, so as far as new drivers are concerned, it's it's weird. For me, I would have to say that Sainz and the Ferrari might be the the Sainz or Alonso. Uh, I'm going to go with Sainz. Uh, yeah, you have because, to go with Sainz. <laughs> <laughs> as far as uh, – because uh, Alonso, is he out uh, scoring Ocon? Let's see. Let's, I don't let's believe – so well, – Oh, well, yeah. Well, Ocon just <laughs> – no, no, no. I mean, well, just in general, I I don't believe that he is. He's one point behind Ocon mm-hmm. in the drivers' championship, and as we'll see, Ocon had a big boost to his points. Right. Very true. Very true. But I think the thing with Signs is, I mean, he is a very seasoned driver, but and we'll talk about this again later. But Signs is already learning what Vettel learned in Ferrari, which is you have to make your own strategy. And halfway through his maiden season, for him to learn that and to already be doing it on the track, you have to give him some credit for that, that he is now driving, you know, managing his pit stops, his tires, whatever his teammates doing, whatever the rest of the the field is doing. I mean, he's a jack of all trades. So I, I okay. Agree. So we're gonna give we're gonna give the blue flags award for best driver on the new team. Yep. To science. To science. Okay, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now that we got that all right. Let's move on. Let's go to the next race, which was another doozy. Um, Baku. <laughs> this race, the amount of the oh. sheer amount of memes alone that came from this race is just astounding. We had another Leclerc pole, but this time it was Science crashing that ended the session. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> uh, we let's talk about. <laughs> well, let's talk about. I guess let's talk about tires first, shall we? Okay. Yes. <laughs> because yes. The, First, you know, we have this really great race, and then Stroll has an accident, which we're not sure what it is, and it seems to be a tire blowout. You know, can I tell you, when I first saw it, I thought it was Stroll just losing control. Well, I... On a straightaway. Which, I'm sorry, Stroll has has shown to be a good driver, but, you know, there's always that in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. But anyways, right. go ahead. Right, I mean, that's... He there was nothing around him. There it was he was in a corner, I believe. So maybe he just kind of, it was in that straightaway. Oh, that's right. It was, it in, was a in a straight. straight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in the so straight. So it, it was a very odd accident. But then several laps later, we see our race leader, <laughs> Master Staffen, spin out, <laughs> and. Uh, and- that was the tire kick felt around the world. Oh, and the memes. The, so many from memes that of the tire just kick. are amazing. <laughs> I mean, when you see a driver kick a tire, it's just <laughs> comedy gold. Same tire, same location. Same tire, same location. Absolutely nothing wrong with the tires, according to Pirelli. So much so that they were hiding the tires under tarps <laughs> afterwards, like a body. That's standard procedure, <laughs> yeah. Sarah. Standard procedure. 
Uh, so, I, and I, I should have looked up the actual official quote from Pirelli, but the I believe the gist of it was that the teams were not using the tires properly, and there was something... Even though they followed the rules, exactly. According to Pirelli, they didn't. There was something about pressure, and oh, yeah, God. it's... After the race, uh, Pirelli released like a 20-page document, which uh, if you read it, I did not. No, I sure didn't. I surely didn't. In in Blue Flags fashion, I did not read the documents. (laughs) (laughs) And no one can make any sense of what it said. (laughs) No, because we all saw what we all saw. The facts are the facts. When you have two different teams who were using the tires well within the lap limit. The exact same thing happens. Like, come on, you can show me all the the quote-unquote data that you want. There was just a failure in the tires. And it happens. I mean, that's kind of one of the, the faults, I suppose, of racing is, yes, your race can be ruined by a puncture in your tire. We, we've seen it, saw it, you know, last year with, with uh, Russell, We've seen Lewis finish on shredded tires, literally. You know, sometimes three tires. <laughs> three tires. Sometimes you can finish like that, a puncture you just can't recover from. It's it's a shame because you want you want a driver to finish or not finish based on driving, not on something as ridiculous as a puncture. But yeah. it, it happens. If it can be avoided, though, you know, Pirelli needs to say, you know, we're looking at our tires, which strangely enough, even though there was nothing wrong with those tires, nothing wrong with, nothing the tires, wrong with those tires, the next race, they had new uh, tire guidelines about pressure. Strange. It's really strange, strange. You know, how strange. that happens. But, um, very, very strange. You know, that's just life <laughs> in 2021, I suppose. So, That's how it goes. How Get it off goes. the Twitter, kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're not here for conspiracy theories. Yes, we are. So, yeah. So, that ruins Max's race, but it opened the door. But it did not ruin, but it did not ruin Red Bull's race because they still had a man in the fight. Perez. We're just kind of bashing was... for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, we're criticizing. <laughs> it's rel- life is 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 you know expectations relative to reality. Sure. So if your expectations are high, all right, I'm moving on. I'm moving on. <laughs> Anywho, right, uh, we had a what's called is it a stop start? It's yeah, it was a, a, a restart. Yes, yes. The only auto sport that does this, uh, the stop restart. It's, it's it's amazing. You're having another lights out and away we go. I love it. <laughs> it's awesome. Maybe not for the driver, but for us oh, watching it all. <laughs> so right before we noticed that Lewis's tires are, are just smoking up. Yeah. We're wondering what that is, and he gets a flying start off this off the line. In second place. Beats Beats Perez from second. He just gets ahead of, of Perez, and he just keeps going. There's I mean, he keeps going. He does not see it coming. <laughs> he does not turn. Doesn't turn. Goes straight on to the to the uh, off off whatever ramp over there. Yeah, no accident. And avoids the accident, but goes straight on the first corner. Perez goes first. He ends up rejoining the race in last place. <laughs> 
<laughs> with one of the most astounding things this year, I mean, that is a revelation. There is such a thing as break magic. I would have not have believed it. And someone, you know, if you believe hard enough in magic, started, Breno, <laughs> it's all about the break magic, which apparently keeps the warms up the tires. I forget it. It does something, guys. It, it, Look it, it up. distributes. Yeah. We're not going to do that up, for you. That's not there's a ton of – this is not – you know, blue flags. We're just here for the memes. There's, there's a thousand YouTube videos that you could watch, but the gist of it is it evenly <laughs> distributes heat throughout, I believe, all of the tires. However, when you are driving, does not – it will lock up, I believe, the back or the front tires. Um, which is basically what happened. Bad things are going to happen yeah. if you have brake magic. Yeah. In, which I wouldn't have thought, you know, if you name something brake magic, I want to use it. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what, it should be like brakes, uh oh, or something, you know, brakes whoopsies. <laughs> so, uh, especially because Hamilton us- has to say over the radio that his yes. brake magic is on, and everyone is like, <laughs> Is, is 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 he stroking? Like, what is happening? <laughs> Someone can explain what this is. I thought I was out of the loop when I heard that. It was just a magnificent, <laughs> magnificent radio. <laughs> and uh, Perez gets his uh his second win as a F one driver. Yep. His maiden win with Red Bull. Right. And Lewis loses his fifty four straight points uh, finish streak. He finishes in fifteenth place. Wow, behind, behind Botas, which he also finished twelfth, so that doesn't really count, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, so, and the podium is also Sebastian Vettel is second, and uh, Pierre Gasly makes uh, a, an appearance on the podium once again in third place. Ah, uh, yes, we are big Pierre fans. Yes, the Blue Flag Podcast supports Pierre Gasly and all his. Uh, Endeavors, yes. In F one, <laughs> he and he. We were really. That's another driver that we've always kind of paid attention to. He's he's doing okay this season. Um, you know, he's he's, he's had some bad luck. He's hanging in there, I suppose. I I wanted more from him, so I mean, we'll get to it. But I don't think he's. Sadly, he has the same amount of points as Daniel Ricardo. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't think his performance this season is really going to uh, draw the attention of Red Bull. I don't know. Maybe that's for the best. I agreed. Agreed. I would not want to see Pierre back in that situation. Let's take these next three races in one block. All right. France and then the doubleheader in Austria. We get back to Red Bull dominance. France was an especially bad race for Ferrari. And my... Uh, my fantasy F one will tell you that because I I doubled down with Sainz and Leclerc on that race, and they just didn't have it in France, which was very strange for nope. me. Nope, eleventh and sixteenth uh, place. Yeah, we had Max the old roll reversal in France with Max getting an extra pit stop. Oh, well, first an undercut to get ahead of Lewis, mm-hmm. and then an extra pit stop, and and catching him up and passing him at the end. Kind of like we saw at the beginning of the season. Yeah, we had Russell come agonizingly close to to points in Austria. Yeah, we haven't (laughs) talked about Mr. Saturday, but... um, Mr. Saturday. Mr. Saturday. But that's because we tend to focus on Mr. Sunday. 
Yes. Which is Lando Norris. Mr. Sundays, we've dubbed the Blue Flats podcast of dubbed Norris, Mr. Sunday. <laughs> because that's when it matters. <laughs> <laughs> also, we had this going on with Botas. He wanted a two pit stop race. They kept him out longer thinking that he would hold up Max. Right. And uh, it didn't work what out. <laughs> didn't work out. Rosberg had a lot of criticism for Botas after the race. Said that he should have, you know, held up, um, put up more of a fight. But I, I think you're only, your fight's only as good as your tires, right? Yeah. I mean, he, <laughs> I mean, again, he's in a Mercedes, but if you're in a Mercedes on old tires, there's only so much you can do. And also, yes. I mean, Botas. Max is going to pass him. <laughs> So, yeah, so in France and in both Austria race, we got Max winning all three. Yep. That's, uh, if you're counting at home, that's one, two, three, four, five, six races in a row for Red Bull. Yeah. It's looking like Red Bull is going to run away with this championship at, right now. Yeah. Um, you know what? Let's talk about something in the second race in Austria. Yes. And that's that national anthem. Holy shit. <laughs> That was a banger. <laughs> that was a oh my god. Let's let all right. No, seriously. Um look it up, kids. <laughs> so we had an issue with the penalties in the second Austria race where Checo tries to go on the outside of Norris, gets quote unquote pushed out. You had enough room, I thought, to make that move. Norris gets a penalty, and then you had Checo and Leclerc coming into contact twice. And getting a penalty for both of those times. Mm -hmm. Yuki getting a penalty for, um, what was it? It was a a pit pit lane. Yeah, Uh, I think he crossed the white line. That's what it was. He did it twice. And then he got penalized both times. And Kimmy running into Vettel, old teammates running into each other. Unbelievable. And and that's... That was a tacked on penalty at the end. So it wasn't a a stop-go penalty, which, which matters. Because we're going to be getting into Silverstone here. So at this point in the Grand Prix, we think Red Bull has the edge. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, uh, Mercedes is not getting any more updates, right? Allegedly. Allegedly. They're focusing on 2022. And they're not updating their car. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it's signed so delivered, you know, Red Bull is going to win. So we go into Silverstone, Lewis's uh, home Grand Prix. It's the first sprint race weekend i don't know i'm kind of mixed i I enjoyed the the sprint race felt like what was it uh science and um and perez got kind of screwed in there Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah and uh alonso had a really good uh sprint race but i don't know if it added that much to the weekend what did you think did you think it was worth it or you think they should keep it as like a once or twice a year thing or you're not for it at all? Well, I think if you do it in a couple of the races, then you're going to have fans who can't make it to those races kind of upset that it's not and whatever. You know, if, they, if, if, if we wanted it and it wasn't in Miami, I'd be pretty bummed. But I don't see it adding anything. And the question, too, is they were giving points to to that sprint race as well. And those points are really going to matter um, at the end of such a tight championship. And so I think they really need to kind of think about that as well, if they're going to be doing this sprint race or not. As far as my enjoyment of it, I mean, it's a race. I, 
I enjoyed it. <laughs> it was short. I I think for some of, you know, if it was in Monaco, I really don't want to see a shorter Monaco. I But I don't think they would ever do it in Monaco because there's no point in that. No, it wouldn't make sense right. for, for a sprint race in Monaco. So, uh, so we had Lewis getting pole in, in qualifying and then losing it in the sprint right. with um, with Verstappen. Then we had the race. Right. And the expectation is whatever happened in the sprint is probably just going to repeat itself in the race and it was going to be a train. But it was not. <laughs> well, the, the, I, I would argue the first minute of that race is some of the most exciting racing I have seen in a, in a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max and Lewis going at it. No quarter given between either driver. Elbows out, whatever other whatever other cliche you want to throw in there. Elbows out. We're driving like this now. It was really exciting until we got to Cops Corner. Crashes are always, quote-unquote, exciting, but you never want to see a driver end their race because of contact. And as much as I want to see them going hard at it, you just never want to see that. And there was a lot of debate, I think, as far as fault and uh, intention, I suppose, as well, and penalties. But Well, uh, uh, it's that fine line, right? We want to see racing. Yeah. We want to see wheel to wheel. We don't want to see, well, most of us, I know, some of us. Yeah. Okay. You can have your crashes as long as everybody doesn't get hurt. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. We want to see the racing. We don't want this to, uh, to get over penalized, but then again, we don't want any intentional right. running into people. And that was a that was some of the conversations that even Gunter Steiner, who's the head of Haas, um, was even quoted as saying, "Is Hamilton was given a 10 second penalty, a stop and go penalty." for the collision with Max and Steiner is quoted as saying, you know, well, it 10 second penalty, I'll just take, you know, 19 of those and crash into every single one of the drivers and finish first. Uh, we love the goon. We love the goon. <laughs> Go to Steiner. This is his first appearance in the blue flag podcast. Not the last. It will not be his last. Surely won't. For sure, it will not be his last. Um, yeah, so we had what looked like, well, everybody's had their opinion on this, right. but it would look like that Lewis took the inside of that corner and missed his apex and hit Verstappen. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, I did not expect this crash to be as violent no, no, as no, it no, was. No. It was a it was a tap. It's just like his tire immediately flew off. Of course, yeah. um, it's deceiving when you're watching at home and you don't realize how fast these cars these cars are going fastest corners and you know i think especially because they're actually pulling g's since they are in a corner i'm sure that leads to a lot of you know physics reactions when there is contact i mean we're scientists and i can't (laughs) i do not sound like one right now Stuff happens. Kinetics. Isaac Newton is not part of the <laughs> Blue Flag podcast. No, not friend of the show. <laughs> not a friend of the show. But yeah, there was a lot of physics involved. Mm-hmm. 51 Gs is what they said. 51 Gs. That is quite the crash. And you could see Max afterwards 
pretty uh, shaken up by it. Um, he's okay, no injuries, and walked away from it just fine, uh, but brought into a lot of discussion, which I think is warranted of what the stewards look at. And are they looking at contact? Are they looking at the crash there, the collision itself? Are they looking at the, you know, what the crash actually looked at? How violent of an end result was it? Yeah. It was stated that the fact that the the resulting crash was not part of the assessment of the, uh, of the penalty. And I, can I say that more awkwardly? Yeah. Right. <laughs> they didn't they look into the, the results collision. of the contact right. to assess the penalty is what I wanted to say right. Right. before I turned into Yoda and said it backwards. <laughs> um, so we got Lewis got a 10 second stop goal penalty. Mm-hmm. And at the time I thought that's it. He's going to lose this race. That's <laughs> and I laughed at you. I know you said you immediately said he was going to win, but I was thinking that's a lot. It's not going to be easy to pass in Silverstone. Boy, was I wrong. Sure were. <laughs> Lewis finishes first. Well, you know what? Before we get back to the race, we had that one moment before the ruling came down, which was another. This was akin to Lewis getting on a scooter and going to the stewards. I mean, we're getting emails. We're getting... And can I just... I want to thank Formula One for giving us these phone calls oh, the to the stewards. Radio. Oh, my God. That has been the best. Who ever thought of that? Like, you know what? I bet people want to hear Toto Wolf tell the head of the FIA that he sent him an email. And the memes from that, too. Oh my God! I, like I can't. That is just the sheer. In, because over here in American sports, ladies and gentlemen around the world, because this is a global podcast, wait, um, wait. you you get the appearance of access. You know, like you have the the mic'd up helmets and the in, in in football, and then in between quarters you get uh, interviews from the coaches. But all you get is the same canned. Made for TV VS. It's access, like it's the appearance that you're getting access, but whenever the guys are mic'd up, you never get anything like like you got with F1, oh, like somebody no. cursing somebody else. All you get is like, woo, here we go, let's go, first down. You never get what you want, which is access. What are these people really saying? With Formula One, you definitely get that with the radios, and now you get the complaining to the refs yep. that you never get. Oh. It's amazing. Now, if only we could get that email. <laughs> there, been an, there, there was an artist rendition as a meme <laughs> with stick figures. I really like that one. I think one was just of a, the email was a check. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the best part of the race for me. Okay. Uh, so, Lewis, um, in order to prove his point, Passes two more drivers in a cop's corner, one of them being Leclerc for the lead. Leclerc just goes, really? (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Leclerc, but I felt for him. He, he He was racing so hard this entire race, and Lewis just, I mean, skates by him. Yeah, that was, oh, man. It hurt. Uh so we got Lando that could have been in second. I, I think he could have made it to second place if it wasn't 
Oh no, I'm sorry. I, I went back. I went back. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, we got Charles and and and, and Valtteri, Valtteri was third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Valtteri was third. Yeah, yes. Lando finished fourth this race. Yes, um, that's right. Fourth in his home Grand Prix. Okay, let's move on to yeah. That was I would say that pretty much was a turning point there. That's another yes. DNF. Yep. For um, for Max for Verstappen. Um, you know, you had the tire issue mm-hmm. in Baku, right? And um, and now in Silverstone, he gets taken out. Right. Let's just assume that's fifty points right there. Yeah, I think you could. I think you could. If he that. won both races, each race is twenty-five points for the first place. So, 50 points. And uh, if we go back to the beginning, when we were talking about races being canceled, mm-hmm. and that could have been the championship right there, because we don't know right. you know, how many more chances uh, Lewis will get to, to make up those points. Right. But now it's, it's flipped on its head. Yes. And that really turned the, the championship around. You know, fair or not. You know, we're we're blue flags here. We're just getting lapped by everyone. We're not casting judgment. We're oh, we're Perez so. when Hamilton thought that he was uh, <laughs> <laughs> supposed to move aside and had to be told by his team that no, he was actually racing Perez. Still one of the best radios uh, of the season uh, so far. Yes, yes. We go to Hungary and we have rain. Rain, like real rain. Yeah, like rain that does rain. things. <laughs> <laughs> and right from the start, in the first corner, we had Botas. Botas. <laughs> taken out. I mean... Well, get, first of all, getting a terrible start for yes. Botas. You know, you work hard to qualify, and then you have that really terrible start. Right. And then you had Norris with a great start going on the inside, passing everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, Botas misses break, breaking spot. Went right into the back of Norris, who took out Verstappen. Verstappen. I believe Perez, Perez. Was, was in there as well. Yes, Gasly somehow missed everybody on the outside. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea how he missed everybody. I don't know. We just had mayhem in that first corner. He had Stroll. I don't know what Stroll was doing. He was trying to go on the outside, but the outside was grass. He decided to cro- <laughs> go across the entire track. All the traffic to get to the grass, according to according to Stroll, and then come back <laughs> in and crash into Leclerc. Oh boy! And Leclerc's taken out. We got mayhem on the track, and then we had one of the uh, greatest memes I think I've ever seen in history. And we thought we would never see it again, but we saw. Instead of having four people on the grid like we did in Indianapolis. We we had just Lewis. It was just so weird. <laughs> Everybody darted in the pits to get slicks, right? Right. And then Lewis is just out there on a on a by himself on a start stop. He's just he's just out there waiting for the lights to lights out, out and away he go. That was brought up. Uh, I forget uh, where I heard this. What would have happened if he had gone into the pits? I'm, like, would we would we get Crofty with the uh, lights out on where we go? I think they still would have done it, but that raises a question because the first team that is closest to the exit is um, Williams. So would they yeah. have just gone out in queue? What? I think so. I think so. I think it would have just been a queue of cars just heading on out. 
after the red lights goes up. Oh my gosh. It's, I okay. mean, it was just wild. And plus, I mean, you have all these cars that were, you know, DNF, but then half of the rest of the field that was still on track because Max was not DNF. He had, he was half of a car. Yes, that's right. And the yes. rest of the fields were, had some sort of damage on them. And Ricardo had, had damage, I believe. Yes, he got he got involved with the Leclerc stroll right. incident. I believe he was a, a victim of something to do with that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was a wild start. Yes, that was a wild start to a wild race, um, yeah. as we saw. We had Williams in the points. Williams in the points. We have Russell, you know, sacrificing his race for Nikki, <laughs> proving what a good number two driver he is. Look, Sarah, don't don't do this. <laughs> don't come don't for do me. <laughs> <laughs> They'll come for you. I'm sorry. Don't do this. I I care. I care. <laughs> for my safety. I care. Yes. Um All right. so we had Williams in the points. But more importantly, we have Esteban Ocon winning this race. Unbelievably, <laughs> no one would have seen it. I think I called Leclerc as the first yes. non-Red Bull Mercedes driver. I called you Lando. Said, you called Norris. And, and that, here we are with an Alpine uh, yeah. getting a victory. I would have never called Oakland. But he would have never gotten that victory if it wasn't for the defense of the year. And, and I, <laughs> that might be... defense of the year <laughs> goes to Alonzo. I would probably say... The half-season defense <laughs> yes. of the year. I would probably say award. my... The, the most exciting driving that I have seen this this season has to be Alonso and Hamilton. And it's because, you know, we're talking about in, in Silverstone how you know, we don't want to see crashes, but we want to see good racing. There was nothing about what I saw from Alonso that could have in any way, shape or form threatened an, a collision. He was just there. Whatever line Hamilton was thinking about taking – Alonso was in that line and Hamilton kept his distance because Hamilton knows Alonso, <laughs> but they were, they were still close. They were still battling it out. And I mean, Alonso himself said, I expected him to easily pass me. <laughs> well, uh, to that, uh, Alonso said, now, I don't know if this is true or not, but this is what he said. He said he was looking at the big screen to see where, where Lewis was. Oh. So he'd know where to put his car. I, that I'm makes, just repeating what he said. Yeah, I, I mean that makes know. sense. I have heard that drivers have been able to. I think Ricardo was one that said uh, maybe last season or the season before that he can pick people out when he's passing the stands and is solely as their focus. He can actually notice certain people. So they have that capability. I've never seen that type of driving, considering I think the new generation of drivers are not necessarily aggressive, but their style is much more showboaty to, you know, to someone who's watching. Whereas what Alonso did was not necessarily anything flashy or spectacular. It's just he was... He put his car where... Lewis wanted to he be put his car there. And it was just, <laughs> it was so wild to see that Hamilton could not get past him for lap after lap, corner after corner, DRS zone after DRS zone. That was really interesting. It was uh wheel to wheel racing, but no touching and very clean. Yes. It, it was, uh, it was pretty exciting. Yes. 
Yes, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And not because it was keeping Hamilton back, but just because these are two very seasoned <laughs> drivers that yeah. also know each other very well. Old teammates. Old, Old teammates. teammates. Old rivalry. Mm-hmm. Very rough rivalry, but <laughs> I, I, it was very enjoyable. And if if anything comes out of Alonso coming back, just being able to see that and like I said previously, to have other racers see that too of this is how you drive and you race and you race without running into each other. And I hope we see more of that. Okay. Um, there was one more thing that I think you need to talk about. And that's what happened to our boy science. Science. Has he ever, how many podiums has he actually been on to celebrate? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, let's, let's put, let's just put that out there. Vettel ended up finishing second but was disqualified. So now that brings Hamilton up to second, and that brings uh, Sainz from fourth up to third. And this was all after the race. Yeah, this is all after the race. But Sainz had some interesting radio. When he saw, he saw it coming, Sarah. He did. (laughs) Who didn't see it coming? Ferrari didn't see it coming. (laughs) (laughs) Science called out on the radio saying that Lewis was going to make another stop, another pit stop, and that we need to be ready for that, guys. He, I've seen him do this before. And he was calling out the strategy. Yes. They wanted him to come in earlier, mm-hmm. and he stopped them by saying, hey, I have a lot more time. Right. And then he showed it to them yes. by increasing the, the speed. And then, it was all for naught, though, because Lewis ended up passing I mean, Lewis is still in a Mercedes. Yeah, and Sainz is still, still in a Ferrari, which is still struggling. But it was a very impressive. It was an impressive drive. Well, yes, and and what I'm, and I don't know how much the drivers actually can pay attention to what the other drivers are doing. But from what I've heard over the radios previously, it sounds like they're not fully aware of where everybody is in the points or in times, unless their engineers are telling them. And so for science to be paying attention to what the other drivers are doing and doing his own little bit of math and doing his own strategy in his head while he is driving a formula one car, (laughs) you know, you have to kind of give it to him. And plus he's, this is his first season in this, in this team. And instead of being like, you know what? I want to make a good impression. I don't want them to fire me. He is telling them, no, I'm not going to listen to you. (laughs) I'm going to do this. I mean, it has to, Typically, that would annoy me because, you know, you need to show respect for the team that is paying you, but mm-hmm. he's right. And Ferrari needs to work on their strategy a little bit. <laughs> so this ends up with Esteban, surprisingly, in first place, Lewis in second, and Carlos in third, which gives Lewis the lead in the Drivers' Championship. 195 points. That is correct. To 187. It is an eight-point difference. Um, and that that takes us to the summer break. Where we should have some news, most importantly, about who Mercedes will have in their cars for next year. We have a race Sunday, and we have no news yet. <laughs> no news. No, no news. news. I think that they will still have Botas in their car. The reason being, 
is that Botasen is comfortable for Hamilton and Hamilton kind of needs that stability for his driving. If you throw in Russell, it's, he's a wild card. I mean, he's trying to prove himself to be a good number two driver, but he's also proven himself to be by some of his quotes earlier in Imola to have a little bit of expectations as far as what is owed to him. Now, granted he's been strung along by Mercedes for quite some time. He's been sit- waiting patiently in a Williams. I get it, but I don't know if Hamilton, if he has a choice would choose for Russell. He's been quoted as saying he doesn't care, but I think if he has a choice and if Mercedes want to stick with something that they know works for their number one driver, it would be Botas. That's interesting. Yeah, that's that's interesting because will they take that into account? We got so many changes coming next season. We got all new car to learn. And how much longer do you think they're going to stay with Lewis? Well, I mean, he signed for several years. Yeah, he did sign for a multi-year contract. Right. Do we know the length of the? I don't. I want to say two, but um, once again, I didn't research that. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> what I do think is also in Mercedes' favor to not sign Russell is that it doesn't matter where Russell goes as soon as. He's till 2023. 2023. Okay. So it's a fairly short contract and a multi-year contract, but Russell can go to any other team until 2023. And as soon as Mercedes comes a calling, he'll, he'll, he'll come a knocking. So now we're, we're making the assumption that uh, Mercedes is still going to dominate in these new cars. Exactly. And I mean, maybe it's not in Russell's best interest to just jump into a Mercedes. Probably. I mean, I think we can make that assumption. Well, only time will tell. We'll see. And I think that's uh, that'll, uh, once that piece falls, once we know where Botas is going to be, right. where Russell is going to be, I think that'll dictate what the rest of the teams do. Right. Yeah. As far as the non-existent silly season that we've had this year. I know. It's been kind of dry. I mean, last silly season was very exciting. We had a lot of drivers go in different places, and this silly season is short. But, you know, we have we have Kimi Raikkonen is my favorite driver, um, obviously. <laughs> the Blue Flags podcast does not support one driver over another. Yes, we do. But Kimi Raikkonen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is, uh, he, his contract is up. He does one-year contracts. So Alfa Romeo has a potential spot if Kimi does not re-up. I have a feeling he will just because, I mean... You want to see him in Miami. Well, and also, I mean, why else is he still there? I mean, he's in... Uh, Yeah, that's a good point. He has two points for the year. It's The car is struggling. Why wouldn't he stay an extra year and see what the new cars do? Unless Alfa Romeo really has an up-and-coming driver that they're potentially going to lose. But right now, they have a free spot um, to pick whatever drivers they want. It doesn't have to be a Ferrari junior driver. However, mm-hmm. Ferrari has come out saying they want to keep Giovinazzi with Alfa Romeo, which is kind of surprising. <laughs> um, you know, Giovinazzi hasn't improved as much as, although I mean, now he is out qualifying Kimi, and you know he is doing better. But I wouldn't, I wasn't expecting Ferrari to come out and say they want to keep Giovinazzi. Um, mm. 
I believe they also came out and said they wanted to keep Schumacher at Haas. So they have that support as well. I assume Mazepin will still be there. I don't know if he has a contract beyond the year. He's kind of funding the team. so sure. Yeah. So we, we won't see much of a change. Like I said, I don't expect Sonoda Sonoda to be F1 next year, just because unless he can maybe be careful with his quotes, <laughs> blaming the team <laughs> for, you know, the car. Uh, I don't think it's um, making Helmut Marco very happy, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm for one hope he does come back. He, he's definitely, I think, he's- I think uh, a fan favorite. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so this is that was the the first half of the season. Should we make predictions? Well, before we do, let me ask you a question. This this just came out of the blue. Are we having a good season? Yeah. Is right? We're actually having a good season. Yeah. I'm not just I mean, again, we're a Blue Flags podcast. We're not here for Mercedes and Red Bull. <laughs> I mean, that's great and everything, but we have uh-huh. survived so many seasons of just Mercedes dominance and still enjoyed Formula One. But I think overall, this has been a great season. I'm enjoying McLaren and Ferrari. You know, I'm enjoying the surprises that we've gotten with, you know, a couple of the other drivers getting up on the podiums, getting up in the points. I am enjoying the Hamilton Max duo and seeing what happens. I, I don't think we're having too many boring races as far as excitement and passing and things like that. Watch yes. watch the next half of the season be really boring. But okay, so uh, what projections do you want to throw out there for the second half of the season? All right, let's see. Well, I well, I guess we should do the basic of who do we think is going to win the drivers' championship. Uh, my heart says Max, but I think it's Lewis. I'm going to go Lewis. I think, I think as much as Total says that we're not getting any more updates on the car, I think they're they're not going to want to lose this season, and I think I think it's going to be Lewis. Right. To win the championship, I agree, and I think it would just take very small updates on that Mercedes to really just have it blow the Red Bull out of the water, to be honest. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. So we're going there. Uh, Third place. Are we going to see McLaren or are we going to see Ferrari? I'm going to say Ferrari. Uh, And unfortunately, I'm going to say. (laughs) I know what that means. I know exactly where you're going. And it's not going to be Mr. Sunday you're going to talk about. No, I think Mr. Sunday – I think Mr. Sunday is going to continue, you know, making points. I think Ricardo might continue to improve, but I just don't think he's going to make enough points to eke out anything that Ferrari can do with two solid drivers that continue making points. I mean, I'm really hoping, I think the issue with Ricardo really is something beyond himself. It's something physically with the car and his body or something like that. There's got to be something else besides just he's not getting used to the car. That's not, that's not Ricardo. You know, he had a rough first season with, with Alpine and he recovered, but this is just something different. So I, I think he, mentally he might be blocked too, and you won't see him really thrive until he's in a brand new car in 2022. Yeah, I- uh, I'm going to go McLaren. All right. I choose to believe that the car is good enough and it's shown that it's good enough. And uh, if we don't have too many 
of these uh, low-speed corner races like Monaco and Hungary, I think he'll do well enough to score points. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Norris is having such a great season and the fact that we have Perez and Botas having such an up-and-down season to where Norris can cannibalize some of those points, I think it'll be enough. It's going to be tight, but I think it'll be enough. Um, Best of the rest. That's clearly going to be Norris, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Best of the rest is Norris. You don't think Leclerc or Sainz can um, can do unless it unless Norris like, there's car troubles or something like that that is really more based on Norris than it is based on improvements. I mean, Ferrari has come out and said that they are making improvements to the car, but uh, unless they make improvements to their strategy. It, it really does hurt them. We've seen with Red Bull and Mercedes also how imperative strategy can be. And I think Ferrari just, I don't know what it is, but they just keep missing opportunities. Any more predictions you want to throw out there? All right. What do we think will be the next non-Red Bull or Mercedes podium winner? Because I, I think there's going to be at least another one besides Ocon. Okay. Okay. Um, Norris seems to be the logical choice, but I'm going to change it up. All right. I'm going to go science. I'm going to go science. I think he's going to figure out one of these races is going to put a whole weekend together and, or it's just going to fall on his lap like a different Ocon. <laughs> I'll take it either way. I think it's going to be science. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the obvious is Lando. I can see him really taking advantage of a kerfuffle with the top three or something like that. He's so close. Um, but honestly, if it's not Lando, my thing would be signs too. Leclerc is just, he's up there, but for whatever reason, he just can't lock it in. <laughs> he's had some bad luck. He's had some bad luck. So let's see. I'm not going to do signs because you've done signs. So I'm going to go with. You can go Lando. Yeah. I'm, that's, that's no fun. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Mr. Sunday. I guess I'm going to go Mr. Sunday. He's going to lock All it All right. In for us. All right. <laughs> that sounds good. That's, that's going to do it for the inaugural yes, pod. Yes, we did it. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we'll be back with, with the races that won't be so long. Yeah, yeah, hopefully you'll cut uh, off. You'll cut out all my tangents about stewards. <laughs> oh no, those are getting amplified. <laughs> all right, that's going to be it for the Blue Flag Podcast. Your last place, F One News. <laughs>